welcome to To Grow Good, a podcast of conversion stories, to share encounters with the living God, to bear good fruit, a place where others can meet or be inspired to meet God. So get cozy, lean in, and listen close. Miracles are at work, and He wants to meet you too. My name is Rachel Smith, and I'm your host. Now let's start growing some good. Hi, friend, and welcome to To Grow Good. Welcome to the channel. If this is your first time tuning in, we are so happy to have you here. I'm so glad you found the show. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit led you to this channel. There's no coincidence that you just happen to be watching this episode tonight or today if you're watching this in a replay. Um, We're just so glad to have you here. So welcome. If you haven't yet already, hit subscribe. We are so close to hitting 600 subscribers, guys, which is really exciting considering we only joined YouTube. I mean, really started uploading episodes onto YouTube a few months ago. So it's amazing to see the traction that the Lord has brought to this channel and the ways that he's using these conversion stories to reach others and bring them closer to him. So thank you for being here. Thanks for being part of our community. I am have bittersweet news to share that um, tonight is going to be the last episode of season three. It has been such a fantastic season. We've had stories from all across the board. I mean, my gosh, we had atheists, New Age, Protestant, all sorts of different backgrounds and reversion stories um, on the show, and they have truly helped me grow closer to the Lord in my own relationship with God and have fortified my faith in tremendous ways and also given me such hope just for what the Lord is doing in this world that sometimes feels really loud, really broken (laughs) and overwhelming. But when you hear these real stories of how people have encountered the Lord, came to know that he was really there listening and then how the Lord showed them that the Catholic Church is is his true church, and it's always been for 2,000 years since Christ founded it. It is so just fortifying and amazing to hear these people's journeys and and to hear how alive God is and how he's working in, in, today, in today's world so clearly. Um, and so if you haven't yet already, if you're just finding us for the first time, be sure to go back and listen to some of the incredible stories we have on the show. I also just recently um, added playlists, which is very exciting to our channel. I'd been meaning to do this for a while because someone actually had reached out with this idea to make playlists based on the category of conversion story. And so I started adding them into playlists so you can now listen to episodes from all different seasons of the show. Um by category. So for example, if you're looking for atheist to Catholic conversion stories, there's a playlist for that. Um, If you're looking for secular or none, no kind of background in religion, or they dropped religion altogether and then came to the truth in Catholicism, you can find a whole playlist of that. Um, So check those out. If you haven't yet already been to our channel, if you're listening, maybe on a podcasting platform, you can visit um, 
the To Grow Good YouTube channel, and you will find all those playlists there for listening. All right. So that being said, tonight is our last episode of season three. We will be returning on January 10th. So mark your calendar. On January 10th, we will be back with new conversion stories. In the meantime, join the email list. Hop on our email list at togrowgood.com. If you join, make sure you add togrowgoodpodcast at gmail.com to your contacts so that you actually receive our emails. (laughs) Sometimes people have said that they can't find them. They probably are going into your promotions or junk or spam folders. So if you add to growgoodpodcast at gmail.com to your contacts, you will show up in all um, of your messages going forward. I'm going to continue doing the monthly newsletter where I share my some of the most impactful resources for me along my journey home to the church. Um, I have shared books, podcast episodes, videos, articles, just you name it. If it's helped me, prayers, different devotions, things like that in this newsletter. So if you want to hop on the email list, you'll start receiving those on a monthly basis. And then we also share devotions on a weekly basis on the Sunday Gospel. So myself and a group of other women that I've been journeying with take turns reflecting on the gospel of the week, and we share how the scripture has impacted our own continued journey of conversion and encounter with God. So again, if you join the email list, you will gain access to all of those. And I'd love to send out a survey at some point and just to get to know you guys better. You know, what do you want to hear more of? What do you want to see more of? You can also leave that in a comment on YouTube or email me separately to growgoodpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and do more of what you're looking for. So if there are certain conversion stories or guests that you'd love to see, let us know because in these months, we're going to be planning for the next season. And hey, if you're listening and you want to share your, your journey and your story, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear your conversion story. So you can email me at togrowgoodpodcast.com. I mean, togrowgoodpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to have you on potentially for next season. Um, Hit subscribe. Like I said, I'm going through all my housekeeping notes here. Let's see. And of course, you can always support the channel and support the show. So um, we actually had someone, I, I really think it was the Lord <laughs> that brought them. They found the channel the other day and they want to support the show. And they specifically said, you know, if you're looking to invest in technology for your channel, which is something that I've been thinking about doing um, for next season, kind of making it more of a studio setup, maybe getting a better quality camera different things like that. So um, if you'd like to support the channel and help us to grow and expand our services, you can do that. Just go to patreon.com slash to grow good. And there are a bunch of different giving levels. At every giving level, you get different gifts from the to grow good shop, hand-painted prayer journals, Bibles, different things like that. There's an awesome to grow good cap, baseball cap that I love. I wear all the time. So if you want to join us, you'll get all those gifts. And you'll also get a monthly bonus episode where we dive into scripture together. I do a Bible study with our little community on a monthly basis. So if you'd like to join us, go to patreon.com slash to grow good. All right.
Oh, guys, did I go out for a minute there? Hopefully you're still with me. Uh, I wanted to say thank you to our sponsors for today's episode. The first one is Catholic Coffee. Thank you so much, Catholic Coffee. If you are anything like me, I love to have a nice glass of coffee, iced coffee, when I sit down for my prayer time every morning. So you can join me in that by going to catholiccoffee.com and you'll see that they are They've put a lot of care into their product. It's it's ethically sourced. All the ingredients and the farming and everything needed is all done in the United States. It's also packaged and sold within the United States. So I love that about them. They're also authentically Catholic and their mission is to help spread and raise awareness for the communion of saints with every bag of coffee sold. So each roast is named after a different saint, which I love. And there's little facts about the saint when you get the coffee, which is so fun. And it makes it just that much more special when you receive your coffee and you drink it every morning. So if you're like me and you love to have coffee as part of your prayer time, this is the perfect opportunity. Go to catholiccoffee.com, use code GROW at checkout, and you will get 15% off. You'll also be supporting the show if you do that. So if you're seeking, you're going to be buying coffee anyway, you might as well purchase it from a mission-driven brand. And lastly, um, our life wins. So as Catholics, we know we are pro-life. We are um, pro-life from the moment of conception to natural death. And I think in today's world, it's so important to share this message, this culture of life. And what better way to do that than through your clothing and what you wear and you're walking around and you can strike up conversations or just raise awareness for the life in the womb. And so if you go to remnanttees.com and use Grow Good at checkout, you can get 20% off any of their Life Wins apparel. And there's all different kinds of t-shirts that I think are really cute and also just a great way to support a good cause and raise awareness for the unborn. So head on over to remnanttees.com. Both of our sponsors are linked in today's episode description. So if you want to support the show in that way, you can find those links down below. All right, my friends, I think those are all the announcements I had. Lots of exciting things happening at To Grow Good. I'm going to miss you guys when we're off on, on between seasons But I'm also looking forward to getting some nice rest between now and January and also planning and just discerning on what what God wants for this ministry and where we're going next. All right. All that being said, let's move into this week's conversion story. I am so honored and thrilled to have Dr. Kathleen Birchelman joining us tonight. Um, Dr. Kathleen Bir- Birchelman is a pediatrician, wife, mother of seven, and co-founder of My Catholic Doctor. I don't know if you guys have heard of My Catholic Doctor yet, but you're going to want to hear about it. I can't wait till you guys it- discover what it is because when I first found My Catholic Doctor, I felt like it was what I had been looking for for so long. It's authentically Catholic healthcare and and doctors. um, And it's a whole database, which we'll get into. But she sees patients from birth through young adult, and her practice includes all general pediatric and adolescent medical needs. 
She's commonly consulted by families desiring a faith-based approach to depression, anxiety, ADHD, ADD, and autistic spectrum disorder. She also speaks nationally on vaccines derived from aborted fetal tissue, also known as human deployed cell line vaccines. She is a board certified in pediatrics and a member of the Catholic Medical Association. I am so excited to have her on the show to hear how she came to know that God was real, how he led her into Catholicism, and how she came to know that Catholicism was his true church. And then also just her whole journey into the medical world, because as we all know, there's a lot that comes with that. So without any other delay, let's welcome Kathleen onto the show. Hi. Oh, no, Kathleen, I can't hear you anymore. Shoot, technology. (laughs) I'm going to say hi in the chat. Oh, I can hear you now. All right, perfect. Perfect. I just had to change my. I'm, I'm Dr. Kathleen Bershman. It is a joy to be on your beautiful podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and being willing to share your journey with us today. Um, yeah, could you just start us out? I know I just gave a really brief bio, but could you just start us out by sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do right now for anyone who might not be aware? Sure. So I'm a general PhD. Say that I. You you know, I do a fair amount of behavioral health, which is very applicable to tell a pediatrician and a mom. And I'm the co-founder of My Catholic Doctor. Um, my Catholic Doctor, we actually opened clinically in 2019. So we're a new organization and we grew rapidly. So I found myself as a mom and a pediatrician working at a local community hospital. Um, I was in academic pediatrics and then um, Later, um, in a as a pediatrician, always working in a hospital setting, and myself, um, and this is, I guess, the story to be told here. As the co-founder, we actually incorporated in 2018, opened in 2019, um, and place at the right time for COVID and really the um, the the birth and the only. Only, to the best of our knowledge, the only nationwide Catholic telehealth organically uh, Catholic services that are otherwise difficult to access, including family planning and fertility awareness, infertility care, Catholic psychiatric care, uh, so much more. But we're a full-service telehealth company that offers all that regent care stuff for pink eye and virtual primary care services and hypertension and in fact what I'm doing now as a general pediatrician I'm now largely committed to telehealth so I do a lot of behavioral health I'm still really a general pediatrician now so you know got you know they say that life with Christ is a great adventure and I'm learning but I became the administrator of this now growing organization and 100 clinicians so I'm largely administrative now, and I keep us, but I do keep us. 
Awesome. You were going in and out. I could get most of what you were saying, but um, do you want to try actually going out and coming back in? Maybe that will kind of reset the audio just a little I bit. Can. Okay. Sorry about this, guys. We're experiencing some weird... I don't know if she sounded choppy to you, but she sounded choppy to me. Um, I think I got most of what she was saying, but I want to see if this might fix it. Hi, welcome back. Okay, let's see if it gets a little better. Um, I, I think I, I we could catch most of what you were saying, but it just will go... It's weird. It's like spotty. It will go in and out um, as you're as you're talking, but... Yeah, let's get into your story a little bit. I know you started getting into it, and it's hard sometimes to share what you even do without getting into why you do it and, you know, your whole journey of how you got there. Um, But let's go back to the beginning, if you don't mind. Could you just share with us, I guess, a little bit about how you were raised? Were you raised in a religious household? Were you raised Catholic? Um, and what was your relationship like to God at the time? You know, who did, what was he like to you? And was there a moment that you can remember when it became real and you realized that maybe there's something more to this than I thought originally? (laughs) My story actually is that I'm a cradle cat, very faithful family. My dad actually was, um, um, was actually a Methodist. I uh, was uh, born in the 70s and I grew up um, going to, to with my dad. Our whole family would go together. So we'd go to the we'd go to the Methodist church one week and a very interesting upbringing. But, but I was baptized Catholic and I made my sacraments in the Catholic it's a, a 1970s flare parish with no image of the Virgin Mary. Um, and uh, and and a very modern looking, uh, limited uh, religious education. Now, that lacked there was made up for by the Lord because I had a very faithful. Um, I converted to Catholicism when I was in the sixth grade. Wow. Um, so, so I had very faithful, and um, then I also had. Um, I was, I was busy, whatever you, you need. So I was very blessed actually to have a really wonderful choir director. My entire childhood, I was in this Catholic children's choir. And we had to memorize. This is a, you know, 1970s Catholic church with, um, you know, a very modern style that I wonder is even liturgically appropriate and you no know, image of the Virgin Mary. But we had, there was this choir director made us memorize all this children's music which came straight out of scripture and that was really very formative and has stayed with me my whole life actually yeah that's beautiful and so yeah go ahead i i but then i went to college and i went to a, an incredibly overall school i went to amherst college in amherst massachusetts um, um, to this day, um, is a progressive liberal school. Uh, um, my husband there in the, the Newman Club, we had a very t- tiny, um, 10, 10 to 15 people each week that would attend mass together and then go to 
dinner together. And again, God very faithful, um, despite what might on the outside look like conditions, right, for being raised in the faith. And I received a wonderful, especially as a pre-med, and um, then I, I'm graduating, and I realized in philosophy and neuroscience, and I'm going to medical school, I'm about to spend another medicine, and I claim my faith is so important to me, which it always had the major tenets of the faith. In fact, I've never even read the whole Bible. I haven't read the Catechism, the major works of Christian literature. And uh, so I realized that, and again, the Lord provided. So, you know, Amherst College actually was founded as a missionary training school and available for people going to graduate school in divinity, going to divinity school. And they were, and um, so I applied for one and was granted one. And then I got another scholarship for my, I went to a Catholic divinity school that, that is called Western Jesuit School of Theology. It's now closed. There, I did a fellowship in theology and it was just a very, very good year um, to start, studied. I took a course in Old Testament, a course in New Testament. I studied Catholic medical ethics. I took history and I think Philip in some of those gaps in my prior education and it was really discerning God's will for my future really confirming my decision to enter medical school um, and a year of discerning marriage and I knew <clears throat> then that I uh, you know, became engaged and uh, and that was a huge year of prayer for me which was so, so essential Essentially important or doubted the decision to enter medicine or marry my husband, which were the two main decisions that we made that year. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. So, so basically, you kind of had this moment when you were getting ready to graduate, right? Your undergrad, it sounded like. Yeah. Where you kind of were realizing. I've never made maybe this faith my own in a way. It's like you knew these things at some level, but you realized I haven't even read, you know, the Bible or gotten really deeply more into this. And so that's what made you want to go into theology. Is that, did I hear that right? That's right. I realized there was a gap in my education, own mm -hmm. spirituality and prayerfulness because mm -hmm. I, you know, I had this lovely, but tiny college did not really a lot of support um even in the prayer life you know this um there was no hollow app there was no um there were no online really um so actually the internet we we only got internet halfway through college on the college campus so wow um uh so there, there just wasn't recent you know we pre my husband and our marriage predates theology of the body or predates the, the body. Um, and so um, there just, there hadn't been significant adults um, or adult education in the faith, which was one of the major problems coming out of the 70s was, um, and there wasn't enough time for prayer, right? I mean, we thought we were weak, right? And, um, I remember one year for Lent to support me and trying 
trying to get me to remember to say the prayer before meals every, every day when we went to the dining hall because I not established that habit of praying before eating. And so this is where I was and I, um, but, and so it was, it, 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 although a cradle Catholic, there was much formation lacking. And so I often, mm -hmm. people say, are you a convert? Are you a revert? And I'm like, I'm not really sure. I'm a 1970s Catholic, but yeah. the Lord loved very much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's such a great way of putting it. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I totally get what you mean. I think it depends too on maybe where you're at and the different parishes that, that you could be at because I know the one that I grew up in, um, it was great at some, at some things and then at other things, you know, we just, I didn't even know what adoration was. Didn't either. Um, oh, no, yeah. Until like, like very recently, you know, like just, you know, out yeah. of, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Like, so there was just so many gaps in what was passed on. Um, right. So I think that that's a very common thing, but, but how beautiful that God, even throughout going to Amherst and everything that you had this draw to him that was sticking um, because for a lot of people, they go off to school, especially a secularized school and they just leave, you know, faith completely behind, which is what I did. <laughs> um, but the fact that you still had this interest or this pull, even when you were at Amherst was really such a grace. And then for you to feel even more compelled to continue that after, is also a calling and a grace totally from the Lord. But um, did you know when you went into theology that you wanted to be a doctor already though at and, that point? You know, and sometimes my story may seem kind of boring. I'm a cradle Catholic. Early age, I wanted to be a doctor. I actually wanted to be, I told my grandmother I wanted to be a nurse. My grandfather was a doctor. And I, oh, I was very little. I was so little. I was was in bed with her it was you know maybe three and uh she said oh don't be a nurse be a doctor <laughs> that's great I mean yeah it sounds like it was a calling from a right. really young age um and that the Lord was but really Lord putting put, those seeds in your path he put the seeds in my heart but then just take like, you know, doing well academically. But then there was this to really um, finalize that discernment and allow me to question whether this was really me. And I'm so grateful for that time. Yeah. So do you want to explain maybe a little bit, what was it like going to Amherst? Like, were you challenged in your, in your beliefs and in your faith, especially when it came to medical issues? Were there things that you were learning that weren't aligning with what you understood to be true from your Catholic faith? Or had that not yet even registered <laughs> the differences? Yeah. So, you know, IVF was a little controversy on list today. So, of course, abortion, contraception, euthanasia, IVF were me now. And really not much has changed about that. So, but I do think there wasn't this rhetoric of hate yet. And so mm -hmm. I was able campus to write articles supporting my view, um, opposing IVF um, uh, in, in, at Amherst. 
Forest in to faculty that were, were not Catholic and definitely didn't share my views. And I was not downgraded for they. Uh, some some Catholic views on a college campus would be called considered something to that effect. And so I, I, I suspect that, you know, that I, the Lord, and I, I very much believe that the Lord makes each one of us for exactly the time in which we live. Yes. And yeah, and I think even the, the lives that we touch and the ways that we touch it, you know, right, it's all part of his greater plan and provision, even when we can't see how maybe we're being used or he's teaching us something, maybe all at the same time, all mixed into one. Um, but that sounds like, yeah, I mean, that takes such courage too to be doing that on a college campus. So that's amazing that you had that conviction, even at, at that age going into um, the medical field. It's, yeah, there's so much, you know, tension. And like you said, it has, I think, gotten more divisive and louder as technology has gotten out there and more and more things are now constantly in people's faces, I think it's gotten a lot um, more divisive and touchy in a lot of areas. But that's amazing that you were a voice for truth, um, even when you were at Amherst. Um, before we go on, you are still choppy a little bit. There isn't any place where the Wi-Fi might be better for you. I do have the option of hardwiring and in switching to a computer if this way to do that. Okay, if if that's not too much trouble, it might be worth it just so that um, we don't lose any of what you're saying in the next section. Okay, sounds good. I'll here. Okay. Hi guys, we're taking a little time out. Um, hopefully you're able to capture most of what Dr. Kathleen was saying. Sounds really powerful and incredible that basically God planted the seed of her calling so early on in life. And it, to me, hearing her story, that sounds like a special grace that she had throughout her life to be able to have that strong of a conviction and be able to speak up so clearly in a an environment where she was really on her own and not not uh, not the majority at all. And that takes such courage, but also strength and grace from from the Lord. So I think that that's so powerful. Um, I really can't wait to hear kind of what led her into my Catholic doctor and um, the support and services that they offer for people like us. I was also thinking, I'm like, I know I'm probably going to use my Catholic doctor and I can imagine there's a lot of people out there I've heard even in my own friend groups and small groups that there's a real need for authentically Catholic healthcare, authentically Catholic doctors, and people are seeking them and want to find them. So this sounds like such a, an amazing resource to, um, to have at your fingertips. Let me know if you agree. Let me know if that's something that you've been seeking. You can say hi in the chat. I see Deirdre's here. Hi. She said the the audio is cutting in and out, but I could hear most of it. Okay, good. Um, that's good to hear. I just would hate for also the last episode to be all choppy. <laughs> so hopefully when she comes back, um, it'll be a little bit more clear. Also, just a reminder, at any point, you can put any questions for Dr. Kathleen 
into the chat and we will take them at the end. She is super knowledgeable on a lot of different topics. So take advantage and ask your questions now um, or throughout our conversation so that we can take them while she's here at the end. All right, here she is. Let's see. Hi, welcome back. All right. All right. I think you sound a little bit better, but let's see how it goes. I'll let you know. Um, But I think we were just saying just how amazing it was that you kind of had this calling and it was kind of kept all throughout your college years. And then you really felt that yearning to even go even deeper and do theology, even though you knew you wanted to be a doctor. I think it's just so beautiful and not something that you hear a ton of because I was just telling while uh, the audience while you were gone that there's a lot of people that I know that are seeking authentically Catholic doctors, you know, and and they're not sure how to even go about finding that. Um, But it's definitely something that I know a lot of people need and want. So the fact that you had that kind of seed planted at such an early age is just so beautiful. Um, And that you were so strong in it, even when you were at Amherst, you know, and you're kind of being this voice for Catholicism and truth um, in a secularized environment. Um, So, yeah. So when you went into to get your theology studies, was did your faith just grow and take off into a whole new level at that point? Um, you know, I know it's it's hard to express this, but again, I, I was raised in 19 um, limited opportunities for catechesis, and one of the is in my upbringing was belief in the true presence of the Eucharist, and and although my you know about about the true presence of the Eucharist, um, there was no foundation to that or an experiential foundation to that and I I I really knew that um, as a young adult and I wasn't sure I really believed in the true presence of you and that was one of the things that really came out of that year um, uh, in theology um, the ability to go to daily mass actually mm-hmm. and um, receive the Eucharist more and, and have and I had faculty that were able to really teach the true present, why that is the fun, well, I will say the fundamental teaching of, the, um, and, and so it was, that, that was another clarification that the year. Yeah, and that's huge. That's huge. I remember when I realized that too, you know, and I think it had been told at some, you know, I mean, obviously we hear it in the mass, like very clearly. Now I'm, now I'm, I'll go to mass. I'm like, how did I not like know what I was saying and doing? But, um, but you know, it, there is this moment that happens when you realize all the foundational teachings around it. Like I remember the first time I had someone explain John six, you know, to me, and it was just so beautiful, you know, because it was, yeah, the the beginning of the Eucharist and what Jesus intended um, and just how amazing it is that that is still true in, in Catholic churches today that thousands of years later, 
um, this bread is becoming the true body and blood of, of Christ. And so, yeah, I'm sure when that all clicked for you, that was another whole level of, you know, relationship with, with God. Um, and so then how did this go into, did you go into, um, back to medical as soon as you graduated or how did that work? Yes. And I, and I was in school, so I knew that I would be starting at the university Connecticut School of Medicine, the, you know, that fall divinity school. And, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a very natural flow. Remind everybody that for 2000 years, the Catholic church has had three primary sacraments, education and health care. And the Catholic church invented throughout of the monastic system for much of, of the last decade, Catholic Church has provided most of the care of the sick uh, for the whole. In fact, at, at, as early as 1992, the uh, Vatican source, and I forget which congregation I can cite it if you really need to know, but this early church was saying that 40% of the world's health care was wow. through the Catholic Church. Wow. Um, which is incredible amount of health care. 250 years ago, there were tens of thousands of people who, who came from the house of poverty, chastity, and obedience and started our Catholic health systems. These nuns and started our, our Catholic health systems. And you see the legacy of these Catholic health systems dotted in all these buildings that have crosses on them. Mm. And the, the tragedy in the United States, we've lost that Catholic health care tradition. Focused on sacraments and a church focused on largely on Catholic education, although struggles. Uh, but Catholic health care has, I would say, to maintain. And in fact, there's this even this attitude, and I, I've heard it from employees. What does it matter if you have? have a Catholic doctor. You just want the best doctor. Look, you take God out of healthcare. You know, who's who's doing the healing here? It's a doctor, you're wrong. <laughs> and you need a doctor that's cooperating with Christ. That's the whole Catholic healthcare and has been for 2000 years. That is such a great point and so true that like it's scary, you know, that where we've come and and in in seemingly no time at all, it's like people don't even put them in the same box, let alone realize the history there and the background is Catholic authentically, you know, and, and that's just the nature of it. That's where it came out of. And so, yeah, I think um, it makes perfect sense to obviously have include God in the healthcare conversation and to have a Catholic doctor, you know, now being Catholic and, and seeking these things out, I can't imagine going to a doctor that isn't because, and I think that's why there is a demand for this because people do want Catholic, a Catholic doctor because, um, it just makes sense, right? Like who's doing the healing exactly like what you said. And so if you have a doctor that's on the same page and that you guys can have these kinds of conversations too, and 
be on the same life ethic and all these things. It's so important. Um, so, so important. So yeah. So tell us a little bit about how did my Catholic doctor come about or did you go into the medical field, become a doctor and kind of have your own experience and that's what led to wanting to start my Catholic doctor? If you don't mind just sharing that, that journey. That was a very long journey. So, you know, I did have experiences. I went to the University of Connecticut School of Medicine. I did have some formative experiences there. Um, they put me for my um, OB-GYN rotation and also for my pediatric rotation. I thought it would be a nice fit for me as a Catholic. But, oh, were they ever so wrong? Because what this um, is that actually that Catholic hospital really didn't thing like the director of the department of social and gynecology had the birth control pill samples i saw them doing, doing um tubal ligations and just not charting it not mm-hmm. i'm going to say the name of the institution um and they uh, uh it was just unbelievable they practiced and the, the they, they had it they, they all had a bone to pick they were angry not all they there were some exceptions. There's some very faithful people there. But the people I was working with as a medical student to express to me how angry they were about how their practice was limited by the fact that they, mm-hmm. ironically, they all chose to work there, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they didn't to work at a Catholic mm-hmm. hospital. And um, and I don't hesitate to say it's incredibly hospital and certainly the, the, the donors and the sisters that founded the hospital of poverty, chastity, and obedience to um, continue the mission of Catholic healthcare and to you know, practice in that manner in a Catholic healthcare, I think is profoundly disrespectful to Catholics. So, um, and not to mention, you know, unethical, although I don't think they understood that. So, and then I also did, in, as part of my pediatric rotation, I did an adolescent medicine rotation, you know, and as a Med student, you walk into the lobby of this really beautiful Catholic facility, and there's you know big oil, and there's this incredible Catholic art throughout the hospital. Beautiful statues of Our Lady, with this art, and there's a crucifix on the wall in every room, every exam room, and so you know I would walk by this oil painting, pass the statue of Our Lady, adolescent medicine clinic, and. There's a crucifix on the wall, and this uh, a physician who was, ran adolescent medicine there proceeded to teach me never ever let anyone out of this clinic without birth control. And he said, as in a quote, they're Seventh day Adventists and they're not going to have sex till they're 30. Don't let them leave here without birth control. Um, and um, I was wow. so young and so. So naive, and I told him, you know, teaching natural family planning. <laughs> you said that <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got myself in a whole lot of trouble, and um, that's awesome, uh, though. I well, I don't, and uh, I, uh, that doctor, I looked as of about four, or five years ago. Um, uh, now they did move that adolescent clinic off the hospital campus, that they don't have to follow the ethical and religious directives of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, 
it was an eye opener to me to uh, the Catholic, and I was, I was also really saddened that people didn't beauty of why um, Catholic healthcare is so incredible. It's really not. It's about what we do do and have done incredibly well for 2,000 years, right? Good ethics and good ethics is good medicine. And, you know, it's not that we don't offer birth control, natural family planning. You know, my Catholic doctor offers it in six methods, both the insurance, through telehealth, period, and it really enriches the marriage. We're not telling you to, you know, just, you know, and that's not what the church teaches. We're, we're, um, we offer incredible fertility care it exceeds IVF according to some studies you know and, and it's so much less invasive email right and we, we offer incredible care but it doesn't make the most not the most well known and so it's not about what we don't do it's about about really well for a very long time and yeah. we continue to grow Catholic medicine is actually going to planning continues to change every few months. I mean, we've got these new, new monitors, um, the number of, you know, the window of abstinence gets smaller and smaller. Um, fertility or care for couples struggling with infertility gets better and better, our mental better, right? So we're still cutting edge science doctors. We're not, you know, stuck in some full um, uh, method of healing and also we're not people think that we just like pray with the patient and expect that to solve everything i like to remind everyone that even padre as a healer right um even padre pio built a hospital for all the people who weren't healed <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know and sometimes the lord does provide miraculous healing and certainly can pray for that we should pray for that right but for those that don't receive medical miraculous healing of their medical conditions there the lord wants and expects a medical care that we can that we can offer and that's what our catholic health care system is and then and the physician becomes the um, becomes the instrument of the lord yes absolutely that's so beautiful and amazing yes and it's the way it's really meant to be you know it all makes sense when it's all it all fits together so beautifully when you understand the why behind what it is that you're doing, which you touched on, um, that you just felt like people didn't quite understand the why, which is, you know, then all you see is the li these limitations seemingly, but really it's a full spectrum of like the dignity of the human person and how beautiful we are and how much God loves us. And he doesn't want us, you know, injecting hormones into our body every day, you know, because our bodies are good and beautiful and true. And just there's a way that you can work with it naturally and get to the bottom of any issues that you might be seeing in your cycle, for example, without having to go down that path that that opens up a whole other can of all these risks and concerns. Um, my own background, I was on the birth control pill for 10 years and I came off because I just I mean, it was totally just God's grace, but I just felt like I wanted to get off of it for some reason. I couldn't, I couldn't explain it to you at the time, but I had been on it for so long and I hated taking it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. It was kind of like this cloudiness and 
I didn't really understand why I was taking it anyway to begin with. Like, is this the only option? You know, because really that had that had been the only option given to me and it was kind of prescribed. Like, this is what you need to be doing by my doctor. And so when a doctor says something, you know, especially when you're young and you like you said, naive, like you, you just do it. And so, yeah, it was years later that I was really like, just feeling ready to be done with it and not wanting to be – I think two things are starting to click like, hey, I'm taking like this hormone pill every day. Like why? You know, right. because everything else in my life I liked, you know, to be natural and just look for clean ways of like living and healthy ways of living and then this seemed so out of, you know, that whole idea and it just – didn't fit. And I mean, it was totally God already beginning to work in my, in my own journey. Um, but yeah, when I discovered natural family planning and fertility awareness methods, it was just so eye opening because it was so beautiful. It was like I was being seen and known and loved and my body was good. It wasn't something to try to stop or um, combat with, but rather work with and come to know. And coming to learn about my body was so empowering and and freeing and at such a deep level. And I felt really seen as a woman um, in a way that I never had been before. Um, and that's all of these things have beautiful reasons behind them. And when we follow them, good fruits are produced in our lives and in the lives of those around us as well. Um, but did you have issues with – did you have to say that you wouldn't prescribe or do certain things at some point? Yeah. Um, various points in my career, I think one of the challenges that any Catholic medical student goes through you know, or for so many years, and when you're in training, you know, ultimately the patient management to you're attending right so when you're a medical student and a resident you know you're asked to prescriptions but I would you know the, I'd say no but then the attending would do, do it and the same thing in residency but then mm -hmm. it actually gets it, it's one thing then because you make, make waves and um it doesn't cause too much trouble it just means that an attending has to come sign a piece of paper and they didn't write um but um, when you go out as an attending, it definitely So um, as a pediatric hospitalist, I was able to shelter me from a lot of this. I spent 15 years in um, pediatric, uh, mostly at, at Washington University in St. Louis. Um, my claim to fame is that a maternity leave ever granted to a Washington University faculty member. And to work uh, at St. Louis Children's Hospital and their affiliated hospitals. Um, for uh, and, and in that role as a hospital-based physician, I was less likely to, to you know, offer gender dysphoria management or um, uh, kind of these uh, things. And certainly euthanasia is uncommon in pediatrics, but does occur. Um, so I was able to miss a lot of it and also have many children and um, have maternity leave and um, and then I, I actually ended up as spokesperson for, um, at, for seven years as their pediatric spokesperson and that allowed me to work with those children. 
so the Lord really protected me, but I knew my day was coming, right? I knew, knew that I was going to be a spokesperson for this, you know, progressive liberal university. I was also a spokesperson for the American Academy of Official Spokesperson, which is, you know, you have to laugh at God's humor here. I mean, this organization. Um, and I, I didn't uh, take that invitation lately. I, I to the spiritual director and, um, and did choose ultimately to accept that position. Um, the board wanted to bring somebody of faith into that institution to be the voice of faith there. Um, down that position and walk that fine line, never promoting illicit services. Um, for I believe I was a special spokesperson there for about six years, or a spokesperson for Washington for for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, but I knew my day was coming with all this media work and news and then all these publications, and I was quoted, and I knew that um, that it sounded great three, four, five, right. And then at a certain point, I was just too conservative. A day came, and then, um, and and I think the Lord was just preparing me for the work that I do now. I'm founding my Catholic doctor. Yeah, and that's such a great segue. So, how did that come about? You know, and what is it that you're hoping to provide? And what do you guys do? I think that would be helpful too, just for people that. Um, might be hearing this and they might be wanting Catholic healthcare, um, but don't know what to do or where to go. So what is my Catholic doctor and how, how did you dream this up with the Lord? So two very different and very important questions there. One is what is my Catholic doctor too? And, and the second is, you know, how did Kathleen get there? Mm-hmm. Right. So interesting. I believe the Lord speaks to us. I'll start with the, like my story. I believe that the Lord speaks to us through our degree. Now, we can have our human desires too. Like, like I want to eat a piece of cake every day, right? And God's will for us. But I can tell you that there can be this nagging desire on your heart. It doesn't necessarily make sense intellectually. And you have to take that to prayer. So um, I had this come with my kids. I was, I know how to make a party. I was on the national news and like all this um and life was very good our kids were we were homeschooling our children we had this fabulous catholic home friends like we had bought a farm and we we're taking our kids out there on the weekends it, like um and there's nothing wrong with um my job so i, I so I, I even after I, I knew i had to leave washington university I went to well, when I was an ER physician. There's nothing wrong with being an ER physician at, at Mercy Hunt. I was also faculty at um, University of Missouri while I was there. Um, so fabulous job, fabulous life. Life was very comfortable. But there was this part that somehow this was not what I was meant to do for the rest of my career. And I... I was blessed that this Catholic hospital that I was at in St. Louis Chapel there, there's an adoration chapel. It's actually right next to the pediatric ER. And in order for me to go from pediatric, we had to like walk by Jesus. Hmm. So I did this like multiple times a day. And um, finally I realized I really did Jesus break, right? And um, I was able to spend more time in adoration that, that year than I, I really had the time to pray through what is this? Um, 
you know, sort of lack of satisfaction, right? And um, and what really is the Lord calling me? I mean, my husband as well, because you know we're one flesh, and anything I do is the same page with, and and vice versa. So, what was the Lord calling us to do? And I just, you know, I kept. Um, there had been a, a many years of interest in. T- I'd taken a bunch of sort of dead ends um, down some other medical opportunity. Nothing was really leading to anything, but there, it was interesting that I had this desire, this interest mm. in telehealth, right? Even though I, and and again, why did I need to do telehealth? I had a great career. All right, and and then um, there there that I had of this puzzle that I had already developed. Um, I had actually bought um, a URL called Catholic Pediatrics and I bought it just because it was opened because I could buy it for just a few. Hmm. That was um, in 2011. And I put my, my two-bit blog up there. Everybody was interested in my two-bit blog. Everybody wanted to know how do I find a Catholic pediatrician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the beginning of this directory I started called Catholic Pediatrics, putting up the referrals to all to be listed there. I'd list them there. And so, so I start. I had started this little two day. Um, I had experience in media. I um, had experience in talent. Uh, in the directory work, I had really met a lot of Catholic, more involved with the Catholic Medical Association over a decade, really, and, and developed Catholic Medical Association, and there, there. So there was this moment in adoration. The puzzle pieces came together. I looked at what the Lord had given me. These pieces of experience where I, I had great. Desire. There was no real rational reason why I cared about, about these things, right? Like telehealth and and, and te- technology and media, right? And I had all these puzzle pieces of experience. Your job at all? It's just seeing patients. Um. And um, as I said, those pieces together and the path forward was made very clear to me that I needed to start a Catholic telehealth. Um, I was in adoration um, and I just said, okay, Lord, I'll do this. And I came home and I, I said, okay, just listen to me and don't interrupt me. <laughs> He's like, okay. He said, okay, let's do it. But it was easy for him to say yes, because we've been talking about all decade right it wasn't like right. I sprung this out of nowhere and uh wow. we went about it in a very reasonable manner I had no intention of quitting my very good job and I did um our, this um transition included a cross-country move for us from St. Louis um, including sale of our home and our farm um, to Fairfield County Connecticut which is where my family is job changed for me I had to go to a new hospital in Connecticut. I do continue to hold, though. I don't just do my Catholic doctor. I still don't make enough money um, at my Catholic doctor to support my family. Hospital as a pediatric hospital, so the community hospital in Connecticut. Um, and, but you know, we we did it. But so we went about all this. We never intended when I first started this. We never said yes, nor would I if I knew that I was going to end up, you know, relocating my family and selling a house. You know. Quitting my, quitting my job, all that with with um, all these children, right? 
At first, we went about it as just six doctors that were going to, from the national, this little tiny service. It was going to be a second opinion. If you wanted a second opinion from a nice Catholic doctor, that was the original vision. No marketing, no insurance billing. We're just going to offer this grow organically to see what happened. And that was 2018. And um, then story, there was a partnership with another Catholic healthcare organization that did not work out. But, but you know, God makes um, partnership that fell through is really why we grew from six people to a nationwide organization, a client and no funding on a nationwide organization. Wow. <laughs> and that's what ultimately, so I showed up at this meeting um, with all of, I, I I, we person meeting um, with some people coming in by Zoom um, of um, 32 clinicians um, and in the fall of um, 2018 and um, in the late fall of 2018 and uh, you, know, um, we, you know we still hadn't opened clinically and I said you know that had fallen through and I could do nothing but tell the whole truth to these 32 clinicians that had truly fallen on their sword to make this initiative work and to put themselves out there as Catholic clinicians, which is if any clinician, and to admit that you're, you know, as I call out of the closet Catholic. Um, and I had to tell them all that, you know, we had no money and no anchor client. <laughs> and at that meeting, um, only my husband and I knew that I was two weeks pregnant pregnant with our seventh child. My husband and I really financially distressed because we had put a lot, a lot of our own personal assets into this. Um, pregnant, having never made any money on this. To this date, by the way, neither my husband nor I have ever do not get paid for what we do. Mm. Um, and so, so we've at that point I'm I'm we're you know financially distressed from this and I offered to let any run this organization uh and uh i they unanimously offered to i also offered to allow the organization to be sold to that other client um that other partner still have a job and i thought maybe i'll get a little bit of money break even here the group you that that the mission of that organization is not our mission our mission is to make catholic health care accessible and open as an independent organization and deliver are opening and they asked me to continue as a trainer and I would do this right with no funding right and um and a, and a seventh child but it's a good thing that initial calling was really very clear in adoration because and um and then we did it um we closed reopened as an independent organization we were open in like a skeleton form we just had a few patients mostly infertility patients with no act um, we had to really improve our technology. We had to figure out how to bill insurance. We were absolutely nuts. You couldn't bill insurance for te for telemedicine in 2018 unless you were a huge. Um, and so, so everybody told us we were crazy. There was no way to bill for this. We like did it. And um, uh, and then uh, we got all our new technology in place, contracts in place. Um, in November 2019, um, technology went off at a hitch, and then we got our 501c3 certificate from the government. And uh, sorry, in January 
2020. Um, we um, continued to honor February and March 2020. We continued to build our insurance contracts. And, and by May 20, we were up and running and Amazing. ready for COVID. And Al, yeah, wow. you, were, you were so lucky. What incredible time. I'm like, it wasn't my time. Like, yeah, right. There's no way. Yeah, that totally planned by the Lord. Wow, that's incredible. And just so fortifying because, right, when you get a calling, just trust that God has a plan. Even when just intellectually or just from what you can see, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it brings me to the the loaves and the fishes, you know, like it doesn't make any sense, you know, when they say, well, we have this, like – you know, and, and Jesus is like, yes, you have this, like bring it to me and just let me multiply it. Um, and I think so often we, we psych ourselves out or we overthink things like, how could this possibly happen? But it's like, as Jesus tells us, like with him, all things are possible. And so when we are called to something to just see it through, even when, things are really hard or don't make sense or don't seem to be lining up. Trust that God has a plan and that he called you to something for a reason. Um, so that is so amazing. And so, yeah. So tell us, what do you do? You know, what do you do now and how can people find you if they're seeking something like this? We're at mycatholicdoctor.com. We offer services in 50 states. We have limited services in Canada. It's we um, offer full-service telehealth. So we offer all the thing of telehealth. They think of like e-sniffles and, and COVID care and um, minor illness care. We also have, you know, dermatology and podiatry and physical speech therapy. We just um, onboarded a rheumatologist. We have a beautiful group of specialists. We offer virtual primary care. We can manage chronic tension and diabetes and certainly thyroid disease. We have a huge group of people offering integrative medicine. Um, and I, you know, I always laugh at this term medicine. I'm like, Catholic healthcare has always been <laughs> functional medicine and integrative medicine. Like we've always integrated. We've always, what is functional medicine? It's finding root cause of illness and treating underlying cause rather and that's what we've always done, right? Mm. So these are just secular words for what Catholic medicine always has practice. We have recruited none of our more than 100 clinicians. They all came to be floored by wow. the clinicians that come to us. I mean, our dermatologist was offered a position as uh, the director of dermatology for her Dartmouth-Hitchcock Center. And, um, and just, she is same thing nagging sense on her heart that she just this was to do wow. after nine years in at um dartmouth hitchcock as a dermatologist now, now being offered the position. um she left she took a year off and now she's 30 state licensed and she's my Catholic doctor wow. um wow. so i've you know uh there's dr jim uliger left the university of vermont he has his own um of you know opposing abortion at that very liberal progressive organization even sitting still opposing abortion and ultimately um, needing to leave the institution, you know, um, too conservative. Um, and, and he, he 
um, does addiction. He's um, for my Catholic doctor, multi-state license, but also now leading our group um, that provides addictions, mental health services. We offer all of women's health and fertility. We call, offer men's fertility care. We're blessed to be what we believe, to the best of our knowledge, we're the only men's infertility care from, from a Catholic perspective, including wow. the ability to obtain consistent with Catholic teaching and get a very high quality semen analysis that's, you know, used by Stanford University, right? So we're offering very high quality services with a really awesome, incredible bilingual. And I just continue to be floored by the, the very clinicians the Lord brings to us in the office opportunities, you know, to use labs like that and offer nutrition. Um, I certainly was in, um, so it wasn't where I thought my career was going. It was an adventure. Hello, <laughs> Kathleen. I'm back. Hi. Okay, oh, let me. Can you hear me? Okay, or is there an echo? Yes, perfectly fine. No echo. Okay, that was bizarre. I just randomly dropped off and I couldn't get back in for some reason. That, that has never happened to me before. Weird things are happening tonight. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but um, that is an incredible story and. Yeah, so te I was I was just asking about telehealth. So, um, if people are wondering how it would it would work, is it basically like a Zoom call with a doctor, and you can do yeah. all the 
things pretty much? Yep. So we use Zoom for telehealth. Um, it's a special version of Zoom that's HIPAA compliant. Um, and we're a full service telehealth company. So we can order labs at your local Quest or LabCorp, any lab of your choice. We can e-prescribe to any pharmacy, whatever medications you need. Um, we, If you need an x-ray or a CAT scan or a mammogram, we can order all of those at your local imaging center. Um, we bill insurance. Um, we have um, so low self-pay rates. We work with people with health sharing ministries, uh, et cetera. That's amazing. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of this tonight. And what an incredible journey. And clearly God has plans for this. I know myself, I'll probably be using this. And I know a lot of people that are seeking this. And so I can't wait to offer this as a resource for people as well to go to mycatholicdoctor.com and seek um, a Catholic doctor for any of your needs. That's incredible. And it sounds like the Lord is providing as he always does. Um, all right. Well, as we're wrapping up here, do you want to just share one question that we love to ask guests as they come onto the show is, can you share with us one scripture verse that is either speaking to you recently or has played a foundational role in your journey and why? Luke chapter 10, verse 9. And Jesus um, Jesus said, Heal the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Mm. Because I think this is the beginning of Catholic health care, right? Jesus Christ put two commands in one second, one sentence, which wasn't an accident, right? He said, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. He said to do both. Mm. Why? And I think this is a key part of that answer to why do you need a Catholic doctor anyways? The answer is that fundamentally, the Lord allows a universal experience of illness and physical suffering, bodily suffering. No matter who you are, you will share that human experience. And the Lord allows it, right? He doesn't have to. He can spare us all, right? Um, but I, I believe that, you know, I, I love St. Ignatius. He says that, the, you know, there's three reasons that the Lord allows suffering. And um, in my paraphrase of reason number three is that basically what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? And I, I, I think that every one of these episodes of illness, of physical illness and physical suffering is an opportunity to grow in holiness, to, you know, unite that suffering, as St. Paul says, with that of Christ and, um, and to, to use the redemptive power of that suffering, right? Because ultimately suffering is redemptive. So we, as, you know, people who walk, as Christians who walk with the, those who are sick and ill, that's, you know, part of our job. We're supposed to heal them. We are. We're supposed to use whatever powers we have to heal, whether that's prayer or I mean, they were anointing them with oils, which was the medicine of the day, right? So medicine and prayer, all of it, right? But you're also supposed to tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Like, you know, you're supposed to use this to grow in holiness. And and so that's what still we're still what we're doing in Catholic healthcare and my Catholic doctor. That's so beautiful. And I've never heard it explained in that way. And I think that's so powerful and so true that that's exactly what he's saying there. And um, and even just you just pointing out with the anointing of the oils and how that was their their form of medicine at the time and how, yeah, it's in it's ingrained in Catholicism to do healthcare and all the saints and the people that have been 
of faith that have been medical doctors or in hospitals or founding hospitals. It is a really essential component of the Catholic faith and identity. And so how beautiful to be able to carry it into the new millennium with, uh, you know, telehealth and people are seeking this. And so I think it's going to continue to just explode and grow as the Lord provides in his time and in his um, in his ways. So I wanted to open it up for anyone that has stuck around with us. Thank you so much. We're hitting an hour and 15. The audio also finally seems to be better. Something about that reset fixed it. Um, but if anybody has any questions for Dr. Kathleen, please pop them into the chat right now and we will take them uh, as best as we can. So if you have any questions at this time, ask them right in the chat. Um, Kathleen, I wanted to ask, are there any other resources that you would recommend for people, whether they are on their journey, maybe they are studying in the medical field and they're confused about what they're hearing and trying to figure it out with the Catholic faith? Are there any other books or podcasts or videos or resources that you would recommend that they check out? So my favorite is the Dr. Doctor podcast, the official podcast of the Catholic Medical Association. Oh, awesome. What And what is that? What do they do there? Oh, it's so funny. Um, there's two incredible hosts that, um, that keep a really upbeat um, pace and add trivia questions and jokes. And then they, they're pulling in all these experts worldwide on various um, medical topics, always speaking from a Catholic medical perspective. That's awesome. That's amazing. I've never even heard of that. All right. looks like we have one question for you here from Deirdre. And she says, I'm curious if you have a relationship with St. Gianna Mola and if she has helped you to become a doctor. So she's actually one of our three patrons. And yes, as the working mom, I totally get it. You know, you read her stuff and she's like talking about how she has to like go and shop for all her kids' school uniforms and her husband thinks she likes shopping and she really doesn't. (laughs) 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 Um, And she talks about how like, um, how, you know, she wanted to um, uh, stop working with the birth of, um, of, of Gianna Emanuela. um, But um, uh, of course, then she, she lost her life, um, but she wanted to really be focused on raising her children, which was um, actually a prayer. I prayed many times and the Lord never um, granted that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always had to work um, to support my family. Um, But um, and, and my husband works too. And the Lord, man, every time I tried to quit, the Lord built a brick wall. I mean, he worked for Anheuser-Busch and I, I actually had put in my resignation and then Anheuser-Busch got taken over by this Brazilian company called InBev. I actually had to go pull out my resignation. Oh, no. Like, I mean, the Lord wanted me to keep working. And Yeah, that is <laughs> but so I love, true. I love St. Gianna. Um, she's one of our three patrons at My Catholic Doctor. There, St. Gianna Mola, Venerable Catherine McCauley, the founders of the Mercy Orders, and then, of course, uh, Venerable Jerome Lejeune, the French, modern-day French pediatrician and ethicist who uh, who was identified trisomy 21 or Down syndrome and then ultimately essentially gave up the Nobel Prize for um, his opposition to abortion of babies with trisomy 21. Wow. Did not know that. I had never heard of that that um, story. That's incredible. Um, I'll have to look into him. He sounds amazing. Um, all right. Looks like we have another question for you here. And it says, do you know any standard for the miracle, quote unquote, by Vatican attributed with the saints? What does it mean to be inexplicable? 
Yes. And so, um, you know, these miracles, they, uh, you know, there's, this is actually, there's, you know, there's really this job called the devil's advocate. Like that's the real title. Um, the devil's advocate, you know, argues why this person shouldn't be a saint and why this miracle isn't real. Right. And um, so there, you know, I have, I was once involved in <clears throat> very minimally involved in trying to find an expert that to um, try to explain a miracle from a medical perspective. And they're always actually looking for non-Catholic physicians because they don't want the bias. Um, right. But because I worked at Washington University and had relationships with all these lovely secular physicians, I did have the opportunity to try to find some of them at one point. That's amazing. Wow. And it is true that they really do look for medical professionals that aren't Catholic because I had heard that. Um, but here, we hear it here from a doctor that they really do look for <laughs> uh, secular doctors so that they can prove it without any sort of bias. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time tonight and for sharing your journey and sharing about how my Catholic doctor came to be. Um, so it's just mycatholicdoctor.com. Is that right? That's correct. All right. I'll add it in the link uh, in today's episode description. So if anybody is seeking healthcare from a Catholic perspective, go check out mycatholicdoctor.com. Thank you so much again for joining us, Dr. Kathleen. It was such a joy to have you on. And I hope you have a blessed rest of your night. Thank you. You too. God bless you. Thank you for your good work. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, guys, for being here, for sticking through. I know the audio quality, I don't know what was going on, but something reset and it was working fine there at the tail end. I'm so sorry, especially to have our last episode of the season be all weird quality. That is not typically how it is around here. Live streaming does add a little bit of um, technical difficulties, but usually it's not quite that bad. I hope you were able to hear most of what Dr. Kathleen was saying because it was a beautiful, powerful journey. And gosh, God is definitely at work in her life in a very powerful way. She is doing some incredible work and has been for many, many years, even going back to her earlier days at Amherst College and the witness that she was in speaking out for the truth on these medical issues. It's so inspiring uh, to me to see someone who has done that throughout their whole life and who feels so convicted to continue to offer that for people today. So go check out mycatholicdoctor.com. Thank you so much for being here all season long, guys. Thanks for hitting subscribe to this channel. We are about to hit 600 subscribers, which is a very big deal. Can't wait for that milestone. I'm hoping we hit 1,000. We should we should like throw a party or something when that happens. <laughs> um, it's been just an adventure coming onto YouTube, learning about live streaming and video. But you know, like we were saying in our conversation earlier, when God calls you to something, you just kind of do it and you figure it out as you go. That's what we do here at To Grow Good. We are just following this calling from the Lord and we're seeing where it goes. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see you for next season already. I know I'm going to miss y'all so much. So please hop on our email list. 
togrogood.com to do that. Make sure you add togrogoodpodcast at gmail.com to your contacts so you get my emails. Um, I will be sending out emails. I might even pop on to do some episodes on other things at some point. I don't know. We'll see what the Lord uh, has in store. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Hop on the email list so you don't miss anything. Um, Hit subscribe on any podcasting app you're listening from as well. And any new episodes will automatically be updated in your app. So you won't have to search to grow good each time you open it. It will just be there. And if I upload anything new, you will get the notification if you hit subscribe. Also, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but if you haven't yet already, go onto Apple Podcasts and write a written review. This is really helpful for people that are searching for a new podcast and they might be seeking something like this. They might be wanting to grow closer to God. Maybe they don't even know that that's what it's called or the words to use. But I'm hoping that our podcast would pop up. And so if you leave a written review, those keywords and those kinds of things show up in the search for people as they are looking for a new show to listen to. If you haven't yet already, head on back to the first episode and listen to the full catalog of conversion stories that we have while we are away. There are some incredible conversion stories really early on too, like just some wild, wild stories that I still can't believe. Um, It's so incredible what God has done in people's lives. It's just, it's amazing. It blows me away every single time. So head on back to the first episode and listen all the way through if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. And lastly, follow us on Instagram. I'm going to be posting over there probably a lot more now that uh, I'll have some freed up time. So I hope to do some awesome reels, do some things about scripture, about relationship with God, and also just like some apologetic kind of things about Catholicism and other arguments and things against it um, and why those are wrong. Things like that I'd love to post more of over there. So if you follow us at to grow good on Instagram. I'd love to have you DM me if you want to chat at any point. Um, I think those are all the things I will miss you, but we will see you in January, January 10th. Mark your calendars. And until then, I hope you guys just have a grace filled time off and um, you really make time to listen to the Lord. I mean, gosh, hearing her story tonight about just having that season of life where adoration was really accessible and she was spending a lot more time in prayer. She was able to hear that calling from God, what he wanted for her life. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping to do in this time off as well. Get a little bit more quiet, discern where God's leading us for next season. If you want to support us as we discern that, where this show could go, how we could grow and develop and improve how we could offer maybe more scripture studies, more conversion stories, more episodes, um, higher video quality, different things like that, you can go to patreon.com slash to grow good to support us. All right, friends. Thank you for being such a beautiful community. It's I love connecting with you all. So please reach out and let's chat. Um, thank you for being here. And I will see you next season, which sounds so crazy to say, but I will see you in January. All right. Bye, my friends.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of To Grow Good. There are a number of ways you can support this mission. Follow us on Instagram at To Grow Good. Join the email list at togrowgood.com for free weekly devotions written by Catholic women, a monthly newsletter with the most impactful content along my journey home to the church, and a notification each time we upload a new episode. Share this episode with a friend, a family member, a loved one, or a coworker. Leave a written review on Apple Podcasts to help refer the show to others who might be seeking. And you can pray. Pray for this show to reach the souls that God wishes for it to reach. If you are praying for To Grow Good, please be sure to reach out and let me know at Podcast at gmail.com. Finally, you can help to cover the financial costs to create and produce this show. For as little as one ice latte a month, you could join our little community here at To Grow Good, the branches of the vine, in exchange for monthly bonus episodes, gifts from the To Grow Good shop, and more. You can learn more by visiting patreon.com slash to grow good. Thank you so much for being here, friend, and I will see you next time.